0: It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on
1: 95.7 The Game. Presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey with you. Following the Warriors' 118-103 win at Memphis tonight over the Grizzlies as Golden State improves to... 51-23 Fifty-one and twenty-three on the season. That triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That is the phone number to participate in the program. As the Dubs get it done once again on the road, Ryan Covey. It just seems like when the Warriors know they have to lock in away from Oracle Arena they are able to do it on the highest level. And tonight, they kind of picked their spots. They did it a little bit early. They didn't toward the end of the first quarter. They definitely did it in the fourth quarter, but it just felt like whatever the Warriors needed to do, they were able to get done when they had to to get this victory.
0: Yeah, I I mean, we've seen this with the Dubs, J.D., where when it's time to ratchet it up on the defensive end, they're capable of doing that. For the most part, this was just a, a classic Warriors victory in the sense that for the most part, they're content to trade buckets with you for a while. I mean, you just look at Memphis' is scoring, 37 points in the first quarter. Valanchunas is getting off. Yeah. And they're just like, "Man, eh, all right, cool. We know that if we're going to keep shooting the way we are, uh, there's no way that Memphis can keep pace. Memphis is one of the lowest scoring teams in the NBA. I think they're 30th in scoring and uh, 29th in, uh, in, in field goal percentage. So this was just one of those games where – once Memphis got that 1 point lead in the 4th quarter, KD checks back in and then it's like, all right boys, let's let's go out and uh, send everybody home and that's exactly what they did and uh, just this is the type of game though JD that I think it's important that they play because They're not expending massive amounts of energy. A lot of guys getting run, so the bench is getting their footing back under them. And, you know, while I I know you look at the the minutes totals tonight, I mean, all the starters did play in excess of 32 minutes, but this wasn't a high-energy expending game for the Dubs. So these are the kind of games you want to play down the stretch as you get ready for a long playoff run.
1: And how about Kevin Durant tonight? 12 of 13 from the field. He knocked down 1-3, he only attempted 1-3. 28 points, he's a plus 30. So Kevin Durant chases his 5-of-6 game the other night against Detroit at Oracle Arena with a 12-of-13. And the big question the other night, Kovey, was, well, Kevin Durant, what's going on with him? He only shot it six times, but he had 11 assists. Well, tonight, he had the ball humming and moving to the tune of Five assists, but he was able to knock down 12 shots on 13 attempts and go for 28. Just, I mean, what an efficient basketball game he played tonight. He's just an absolute
0: joy to watch when he's scoring like that. And when he checked back in in the fourth quarter, J.D., he (laughs) hit that step back three. Then he hit another contested mid-range. When he's going like that, it's art. I mean, it truly is. And right. if this is Kevin Durant, you know, rounding into form, I mean, he talks about, you know, he talked to Kareth after the game about, uh, you know, he feels good right now, but, you know, still trying to get better. And, you know, I know that may be a little bit of that, you know, player speak. Hey, I'm always just looking to get better, but I think we, we see him just all facets of his game right now are solid. And, you know, if ever a guy looked poised,
1: uh, for a playoff run, it's him. And Kevin Durant is tremendous again, 28 points. Oh, by the way, Stephen Curry, he wound up with 28 points, even though he was 7 for 20 from the floor. If six of your seven are three-pointers – you're still going to wind up with a hell of a game, especially if you're making it to the free throw line nine times and you knock down eight.
0: Yeah, and Steph, it's kind of been interesting lately, JD. His mid range game hasn't been great. He's not finishing around the basket the way he usually does, but if Steph's hitting his threes and really him and Clay, because uh, you, you know, you got to kind of compare when the Warriors lose, the first thing I look at, I look at their turnover numbers, and I look to see what they shot from three, and then ultimately I look to see what Curry and Clay shot from three. Uh, if these guys are you know, around 50%, which is what they were tonight, there's no chance they're beating the Dubs.
1: Yeah, and you look at the Warriors tonight, they wind up knocking down 15 three-pointers on 31 attempts. So fewer three-point attempts overall than typically we're used to for the Warriors, but they knocked down 15 of them. They're 48.4%. From the three point line and the war. And look, I mean, gosh, I'm just, I'm mesmerized when I look at Stephen Curry's line tonight. 28 points. He had 10 rebounds tonight, all on the defensive end, right? And he winds up with seven assists. So Stephen Curry flirting with a triple double throughout, just kind of controlling the game, knocking down the big shot when you need him to knock down the big shot, but also just controlling the tempo and the pace throughout the course of this one. I mean, I I felt like Curry almost underratedly had a brilliant floor game tonight when you look up and you look at Kevin Durant as the headliner at a plus 30. Sure, and I mean that's just, it's a
0: classic type of a Curry game, and we're so used to him hitting threes that, you know, that kind of I don't want to say goes unappreciated, but it doesn't necessarily stand out. But all the other stuff he does, I mean, I've routinely talked about Curry's rebounding ability from the point guard position. I mean, he is one of the best. I know Russell Westbrook is a great rebounding point guard, but I mean, Curry's right up there with the elites. We know how he can pass, and you just talk about all-around efficiency. And, you know, when the Warriors are at their best, J.D., it's never about, like, who gets the the final bucket, who gets the the most amount of credit. It really is just you can spread it around the entirety of the box score. And, you know, one night it's, you know – uh, KD's night to score, the next night it's it's Draymond's to get the big assist numbers, Curry to get the rebounding numbers. See, that's why they're so hard to defend, and that's why they're a matchup nightmare for the opposition. They're skilled through the wazoo, but there's also a level of unselfishness. And uh, when they're playing at their best, like they, they showed us at times tonight, that's why they're unstoppable.
1: I thought a big key to the game tonight for the Warriors was the second quarter. The Warriors found themselves down six at the end of the first, but they wind up with the late push yeah. second quarter and the run to put them up 6 it just it kind of felt throughout that second quarter that the warriors were going to be able to put themselves in a position to be ahead going into halftime and you look up at the end of the first half and the warriors are up 66 to 60 and there was just that late stretch in the second quarter where i actually thought effectively the warriors ended the game even though they were only up 6 at half, and even though they were only up five at the end of the third quarter. You're absolutely
0: right. And, I mean, hell, the the Grizzlies actually had a one-point lead in the fourth quarter when uh, I think when KD checked back in with about nine and a half minutes to go, but I never felt for a minute. Like, the
1: clamps so, were
0: put down. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, but,
1: but that's what I mean. Like yeah. like the Warriors, with to your point about defense, right, when the Warriors know they need to clamp down and just basically turn the faucet off on a team, they know they can do it, especially a team like Memphis that's, Short handed and you've mm-hmm. got Conley and Valentunis and not a whole hell of a lot else.
0: Yeah, I mean that's why they're one of the uh the lower end teams in the Western Conference, but this game if the Grizzlies have any hope of winning, they the Warriors can't score 118 because there's no way Memphis is going to be able to score like that and right. this game was basically played at the Warriors' pace. Even though it was 37-31 Memphis after the first quarter, I thought to myself, "Well, if Memphis wants to play at this pace, that's bad news for them." I mean, if they're going to beat the Warriors, you know, it would be a you know, a grind it out kind of game where they beat them, you know, 98-96 something like that. You're right. going to let the Warriors score 118. I mean, there's no chance. Who on Memphis is going to get you there? I mean, you know, nice to see Justin Holiday, uh, but you know, he he's your starting small forward right now. There's no way. You got Chandler Parsons, you know, a decent piece coming off the bench. You got DeLon Wright, but I mean, come on. Like, the, the Grizzlies, that's why they're one of the, uh, the lesser thans in the Western Conference, and this is just one of those games where, for the Warriors, just get through it healthy, get a lot of guys involved, which they did, you know, and, and to me, I'm looking at guys like Sean Livingston Quinn Cook uh, and Andre Iguodala, who's been terrific coming off the bench, but uh, you want to make sure that the bench guys a feel a part of things, you know, feel a, a, a part of that the contributing, I should say. And you know, as you get into the uh, into the playoffs, sure, the rotation might get a little shorter, but you never know when one of these guys might get called upon to step into action due to injury or because of a certain matchup. So you know, Kerr wants to make sure that he empowers these guys, and of course, the the byproduct of that is when you can trust your bench, JD, then you don't have to to ride your superstars. That's why you look at the other big time teams around the NBA and that aren't as deep as the Golden State Warriors. You look at the amount of minutes their star players play. And then it's no wonder why, you know, the James Hardens of the world or the Russell Westbrooks of the world, they put up these gaudy numbers in the regular season and then they run out of gas in the playoffs. The Warriors it's We're so deep, and there's so many different guys that can contribute on any given night. It's Steph Curry doesn't need to play 38 minutes a night. He can play 32 and just trust the fact that you know you got enough guys that can help out to you know everybody
1: do their job and, and find a way to get it done. You're listening to 95.7 The Game. It's KGMZ FM and HD1, KGMZ San Francisco, Radio.com Sports Station. Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. It's John Dickinson, Ryan Covey with you here on 95-7, the game, the Warriors beat the Grizzlies 118-103. That is your final. The Dubs would trail by six at the end of the first quarter. They would lead by six at the break. And then go into the fourth quarter, Golden State would lead by five. But as you mentioned, Kove, uh, the Warriors would slip behind by a point in the fourth quarter before taking control of things at 29-19 fourth quarter when it was all said and done. Warriors go on to a relatively easy, I would say, and comfortable victory, 118-103, the final over the Grizzlies to improve to 51-23 on the season as Golden State uh, keeping that half-game lead over the Denver Nuggets for the top spot in the Western Conference as these two teams continue to battle down the stretch. Of course, the Warriors and the Nuggets... To play at Oracle Arena coming up uh, next Tuesday night.
0: Yeah, they've got two games left against teams with winning records. They've got that game on the second, and then uh, what do they play the Clippers on uh, on April seventh, which yeah. obviously it will also be the last regular season game at Oracle. So that'll be fun. And the Clippers—they've been Clippers blowing my fifth. mind, JD. Clippers I in fifth. We're talking so, about them.
1: Are they eighth or right? are they better than the Kings or not? About a <laughs> month ago, we're doing this show, and that's what we were talking about.
0: Right. Uh, I when, uh I was down in LA for the weekend, and I, obviously. The Warriors played twice. I, I DVR'd both games. I didn't even end up watching the Mavericks game, but I watched the Pistons game, you know, so I could be prepped for Monday night show. And I look at the standings Monday afternoon, and then I see the Clippers win the game. I'm like. Wait, what? They're they're fifth, and I mean they, you know, you if things broke their way, I mean they could even climb as high as like third. So, uh, pretty incredible what they've been doing. So they lose the protected first round draft pick, but try telling those guys that, man. That's that's why I love teams like that. Uh, You know, obviously they're not going to be a threat to the Golden State Warriors in the postseason, but they could give another team fits, man. I mean that's just a that's a team playing for each other, and you know they've they've got some grinded out type players. So, uh, tip of the cap to Doc Rivers in the Clippers. Nice job.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, a nice job by them, and, and you don't know from night to night, is it going to be the Clippers? Is it going to be Utah? Is it going to be Oklahoma City? Or is it going to wind up being the San Antonio Spurs in that eighth spot? And, of course, we're assuming that the Warriors wind up with the top spot overall in the Western Conference. Golden State winning tonight, 118-103 to 103 at Memphis. And, oh, by the way, if you didn't get enough of this Memphis matchup, yeah. you're going to get it again Two weeks from tonight, as the Warriors and Grizzlies close out the regular season, I can't wait.
0: It's going to be really exciting. Yeah, really can't wait. Well, actually, hopefully, that's one of those nights where, like, we get a healthy dose of Jarebko and Alfonso McKinney, and uh, because the Warriors have their playoff positioning solidified. What what do you think, JD? How important is the is the top seed for the Dubs? Because, you know, I'm thinking Denver. eh, You know, eh.
1: I love Denver. I'd actually never been to Denver before January other than the airport okay. in Denver, which is my favorite airport in the entire country. Wow, do tell. It's just, it's just awesome. It's just lined up. Just restaurants, yeah. bars you know, places to get a cocktail, places sure. if you want to shop and the like. But it's just it's it's just it's lined up. There's signs overhead that they're digital, <laughs> they're updated. I, I actually love the Denver Airport. It is the most efficient airport I think in the entire country. And It's, awesome. a, it's a big time connector, uh, you know, to other places across the country. So I'm i I'm a huge fan of the Denver Airport. But I'd ever, never actually been to Denver <laughs> until January when the Warriors played there, yeah. and I was on that trip and I, I was impressed with Denver. As a city, as a basketball team, though, I just look at the Nuggets as a team that was ninth last year in the Western Conference. They go down to the end of the season. They play Minnesota. They play up in Minnesota. They lose the finale. They wind up out. I don't think the Warriors fear the Nuggets as a team that can actually take them down in a playoff series, and I think the last two head-to-head matchups – The game at Oracle Arena on March 8th and the game in Denver on January 15th where the Warriors blew them out, put 51 on them on January in their building. And I think the Warriors are like, you know what? If we got to go to Denver – so be it. We'll we'll win a game there and or two sure. and, and wrap up that series in five or six.
0: Yeah, and I think while you respect what Denver's done as a team this year, you, you think about matchups, and, I mean, even if Jokic gets off, it's okay. And, I mean, uh, I, I think that, you know, clearly— They've got some good players. No, they but do. I know, but, you
1: know, Barton and Harris. I know they can play. They've got about six or seven threes, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. Like Jokic, if Jokic, you want to say, is a one or right. maybe a two, right. they've got about seven or eight threes. So I I like to look at players, and I would
0: basically assess them like a rating like I would in Madden. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, and they no got, doubt. they exactly. got a bunch of, like, 82s, you know, or maybe like maybe 83s. And if you want to win in the NBA playoffs, you need a couple of 94s, baby. You know, you need some 96s. And they just
1: don't quite have that one 96 yeah. or 99. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They don't got that superstar. And, you know, and, and we'll see when they get that taste of postseason play I think they maybe are a little bit ahead of schedule but to that end that's why I don't think the dubs are afraid of going in there like you said and so you know around around that way of thinking I don't think it's just so crucial that the Warriors just sell out to get the number one seed now I think it's not unreasonable to expect that they should be able to do both rest some guys and still get the number one seed but if you had to pick one or the other I think being rested and making sure that you're totally healthy going into the playoffs way more important than just making sure you eke past Denver in the off chance that you actually play them in the Western Conference Finals. Because let's face it, Western Conference Finals come around, Denver could be long gone by then anyway.
1: Yeah, they, they could very well be. And it's so fascinating when you look at the Western Conference standings because Portland's actually the number 3 seed. And with the injury to Yusuf Nurkic, they might as well be the 4 seed, even though they're the 3 seed. Yeah. But I mean, what if they, but you have to factor in all the scenarios, right? Like, what if Portland winds up third, but then they've got to end up playing Denver without Nurkic? Well, then maybe the Warriors do wind up playing the Nuggets at some point, mm. but they'd have to then get by the Rockets first because the Rockets have dipped down to fourth. And then you mentioned fifth between LA and Utah, and Oklahoma City and San Antonio, and it's just a coin flip as who to knows? who the Warriors are going to face. It's all about the Warriors just playing as well as they possibly can. And picking their spots to clamp down like they did tonight, just just get through the regular season for crying out loud! No COVID, doubt, right? A hundred percent. And I mean, right now the Western Conference,
0: we know who the eight teams are. Like. We know who's going to be in, you know, with all due respect to the the year the Kings have had. There's no way they're catching the Spurs. So we know who the eight participants are going to be. Where the hell they get seated now is anybody's guess. I mean, you know, four games separate the Rockets at four. Actually, four and a half games separate the Trailblazers at three and the Spurs at eight. So we could see a lot of shuffling of the chairs before this all uh, comes to pass. And, you know, it could end up in a situation where even as the, you know, if the Warriors dip to the two seed, I mean, let's say Oklahoma City falls and, uh, you know, maybe they end up in the 8th spot, it could be advantageous where you get a better matchup in the 2-hole than you do even as a 1 seed.
1: No, yeah, there's no doubt. And depending upon who you play in the first round, I mean, look, I just don't think the Warriors fear the Nuggets. Bottom line, I just don't think the Warriors fear the Nuggets when push comes to shove in this thing. Now, who they play in the first round is, do you want it to be San Antonio? To me, you don't want to play Oklahoma City. That's what I was going to ask. Who do you not want to see? Is it the Thunder? And the only reason I would say the Thunder, it's not even that the Thunder can beat the Warriors. It's just the emotional drain that comes from you're going to Oklahoma City, which is half the country away. You've got Westbrook against Durant. You've got Durant essentially in the same position he was in in 2016 before he left Oklahoma City to come to the Warriors. And it's that whole could he leave again type of scenario. Although, again, I mean, Covey, I'm looking at it I'm thinking – Well, geez, if if Oklahoma City's 8th and they end up winning 48, 49 games and the Warriors wind up winning 58, let's say, or 56 or whatever it winds up being, is anybody really going to think that Oklahoma City has a shot to beat the Warriors? Well, no, they're not. But at the same time, it would be an emotionally draining series for a first-round series.
0: Yeah, the first-round series, man, you want the path of least resistance. Like the... The average fan, the fan with no rooting interest, should want to see Warriors OKC round one because that's a layer of intrigue. It's just like when we were talking you know, a couple of weeks back, and this was obviously when the Lakers were still relevant. By the way, I told you the first show we ever did together, I told you no chance the Lakers are making the playoffs, oh, and they've been circling you the drain right. ever since, man. That's a flawed basketball team. You had it. But, no, you nailed it. Cause... I mean, they're bad. They're bad. Uh, but here's the deal. Uh, you want the first round just to just be – Four, maybe five tops, maybe you drop one of them in their house, and you want to roll into round two feeling like really, like the playoffs on a lot of levels haven't even started. You want that first round series to be a formality, like the first title run when they beat the Pelicans or, you know, one of those type series yeah, where maybe no one game you get stretched, but I think they had the big comeback against the Pelicans, and I think maybe game three of that series. Uh, but other than that, you just want to roll into round two healthy and feeling good, and really like, okay, now let the playoffs truly begin.
1: Eight at 9570 It's Warriors wrap up with JD and Covey. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of Home Search Warriors win. Over the Memphis Grizzlies, one eighteen to one oh three is Golden State. Uh, victorious in Memphis, what used to be the Grindhouse. Can you really call it the Grindhouse anymore? No. When you don't have Gasol and you don't have Randolph, either one of them playing for that franchise. Grindhouse died when Gasol got traded, right? Yeah. it's. it's I mean, you, I guess you could still
0: technically call it the Grindhouse, but uh, unless they're playing Who's this. Who's grinding you, yeah, though? Yeah. I mean, this Who's grinding, this grinding, you? grinding you know style what? Bruno of basketball.
1: Kaboklo is not grinding you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Justin is not out on the wing grinding. Tyler Dorsey is not grinding you down,
1: no, my man Ryan Covey. No, Really not right. No, you're I mean, right about that. Yeah, uh, it, I mean Valanchunas was doing his best to to work in the post a little bit with with some moves and and maybe a hook shot here or there, but that isn't exactly a grind.
0: Yeah, Ivan Rabb, no, not not out there getting his grind on. That's for sure. You
1: know what? And I mean Memphis is one of those teams,
0: and I. I always want to kind of give them their their respect for bucking the trend of the modern day NBA, kind I mean, of going hell, against the grain. I know won thirty
1: games this year. Which I, I mean, clearly, so they they've got it dialed. But no, it, it feels like it should be something, but it's good enough for thirteenth in the West. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally, uh, but in the past, I feel like Memphis has been one of those teams, you know, because of that grinded out mentality, uh, because they want to you know play D and and play physical and keep the game low scoring, kind of a throwback style of team to like you know obviously not on the same level, but. You know, kind of where way the Pistons used to play, teams like that that you don't want to get out and run and gun. They make it hard for teams. And, I mean, even tonight, you know, they played a lot of zone against the Warriors. They were very physical. Uh, it, but it just felt like you know when when the warriors felt like you know cranking it up another gear and because of the personnel that that Memphis has they don't have an answer i mean this is just not the same Memphis team they were a couple even two seasons ago even last season so uh, that's why it's basically time for that squad to rebuild
1: all right let's go ahead and hear from Kevin Durant durant finishes with 28 points he was a game best plus 30 in this one, 12 of 13 from the floor, 1 of 1 from three-point range. He also had nine boards to go with five assists. It was Durant the scorer. It was Durant the felicit, uh, facilitator. It was basically Durant doing whatever the hell he wanted on the court tonight when he wanted. Uh, and let's hear from KD postgame Warriors win in Memphis.
2: Um, just working on shots in um, practice and shoot around and try to get to them as much as I can in the games. Good I talked to uh, who called us that? Kenny. I talked to Kenny about that. He said the guy was just standing there. He probably was. But um, I should've shot a better shot. That play at the end of the first half. How was it? if at all, do you and Draymond work on that? None. Stand. That was <laughs> the first time I was we ever made that play and you know, I think that's just from having, you know, played with each other for the last two and a half years, three years, you know, we kinda we can kinda draw plays and actions without even talking. When did you start in the league 2009 uh, My second year in the league uh, I started tra- charting my shots and makes and misses throughout the game and you know that kind of reminded me to take good shots and you know it, it keeps me locked in on the floor of the game you know, so uh, I guess it's a game within a game. At this point with nine, ten games left. Are y'all paying attention close enough to the standings to know that you moved into South Texas for first tonight? We did. Oh, we're not looking at it. I mean, obviously, it's something that, you know, coming down the stretch of the season, you want to know what the matchup's looking like. You know, and each game is important from the top to bottom, you know, from the AC to the top. So, you know, you're, you're taking a peek at it, but you're not really, you know... You know, writing it on the whiteboard or talking about it too much is just, you know, we want to play good ball every day What are your thoughts on this game? Um, true point guard through and through I mean If you want to teach if you want if you got a left hand point guard You know you should have not watched my Conley film, you know guy that can shoot with his right hand pretty efficiently in the floaters Developed three point shot, which is so quick and efficient now. You know, first step is quick. I mean, he's just tough. He got it all as a point guard.
1: He's got it all. And Conley was really good early on in this ball game as yeah. he made his return from injury. Conley always pretty good against the Warriors. Just solid. You look at him at the end of the night. He's got 22 points. He's getting to the line ten times. He's got eight assists. He just tries to put his imprint on the game in terms of controlling it. But the reality is, even when he controls it, Stephen Curry can get what he needs to get done done. And on a night like tonight, Curry wound up being a a plus 17 at a night where Collie was a... Minus twenty four, so he wins the matchup. Even on a night where you look at Conley as you're watching the game, and you're thinking Conley kind of made an imprint. Well, he didn't make the imprint Stephen Curry made. Yeah, well, and you
0: really you look at the who he's rolling with. I mean, go ahead and let Valanciunas and Conley get theirs. What they combined for uh fifty one points tonight, forty nine points, whatever the hell it was. I
1: Tyler mean, Dorsey ain't beating you. Yeah, totally.
0: I mean, that's the thing. Like they're content. You know, Valanciunas ate him up early. Conley hit some shots, but he was getting to the free throw line. It wasn't like an overly effective game by him. I mean, he only did have the one turnover, Uh, but you know, I mean, you noticed him out there, but it's just, it's just not enough from Conley. And I, you know, respect to Conley. He's had a nice career and he's a solid player. I can't believe he's 31. I mean, you you look up, you're like, how's this guy been in the NBA this long? It just actually kind of made me feel a little old when I saw that, but uh, you know, he's he's a solid player. It's just uh, against, you know, uh, your average NBA team, you know, Conley can maybe separate himself with his skill set. He's, He's definitely an above average player. He's, you know, maybe not quite all star caliber anymore, but maybe that's second tier. But when you're rolling out there against the Dubs, it's like, yeah, cool, man. Right. Well, this is Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins and Andre Agudala. I mean, so thanks for coming out.
1: Yeah, basically, it's Mike Conley. If you're the best player on the Grizzlies, yeah. you still might be the fifth best player on the floor, that's even it. on a good night.
0: That's it. And I mean, that's, uh, you know, basically that, that sums up the uh, the plight of the
1: NBA when you're dealing with the Dubs. Yeah, and, and the reality is, I mean, you look at you know, Bruno Caboclo was the best <laughs> Great player. Great name, by the way plus-minus as far as the, the starters went for the Memphis Grizzlies, who dipped to 30 and 25. Bruno Caboclo, a minus-7. That was the best of the starters tonight for Memphis. The Warriors had all five starters uh, a plus. And the bench, it was a little bit of a different story. Sean Livingston uh, and a couple of guys that I know you wanted to hit on. One was Quinn Cook. The other, Sean Livingston, I'll just kind of give it a, a tip in there. Those two, in particular, if you pick a couple of guys off the Warriors bench, typically, if you have two play well and score efficiently, golden State's almost unbeatable. Livingston was really good, but Quinn Cook I mean you can 't ask for for much more th- than you got from him tonight,
0: yeah, and, and you know we saw with Cook he was really struggling with his shot in February, I think he was thirty two percent from the floor he's got that up to just a shade under forty percent in March. If Quinn Cook's not scoring, JD, he's he's not giving you anything because we know that he's not a defender. Uh, But if he can give you a couple of buckets a night, and you know he doesn't, you know, if he can get you three three pointers in a game like this, and doesn't need to shoot the ball ten times to get it, like you'll take that if you're Steve Kerr, and that's all you're looking for from Quinn Cook. It was uh, you know a solid 16 minutes because when we talk about potential pitfalls or potential shortcomings for this Warriors team, and it's always something that you need to take with a grain of salt, you know, and be mindful of just how top-heavy they are and how, you know, overall great they are. But when when you're looking to, to quibble and talk about areas of need, I mean, bench scoring, right? Especially from the backcourt. And yeah. that's supposed to be Quinn Cook's role. And he wasn't doing it for a, a couple of weeks there, and it looked like he had lost his confidence, and now it looks like he's getting it back. And guess what? Is it going to matter in May and June if Quinn Cook wasn't playing well in February? No, not at all. As long as he finds his game, and it looks like he's getting his stroke back. So uh, I'll take that from Quinn Cook. Also, I mean, Sean Livingston, look, he's no spring chicken, okay? Sean Livingston was brought to this team and brought back to this team to help him win titles in the playoffs, right? And, you know, it's nice when you can get contributions from them throughout the regular season, but there was times this year where I looked at Sean Livingston, that little turnaround mid-range wasn't working the way it normally had in the past. I mean, there was a, a couple of moments tonight, there was one play in particular where, you know, the Warriors just coming out of a half-court set, Livingston's got the ball at the top of the key, he just attacks the basket and scores. I mean, we weren't seeing that from Livingston a couple of weeks ago where he just drives and penetrates and kisses one off the glass, gets an easy two for the Warriors. You could tell the Grizzlies weren't expecting it And yeah. John Livingston's like, well, if you're just gonna give me this, I'm just gonna take it. So uh I think Livingston's game's getting a little better, four or six tonight. Uh we know what you know kind of presence he has out there. He's just you know such a calming influence, gonna be such a you know, make the right, the correct basketball play, and yeah. I think that's
1: important. Tonight was almost the perfect Livingston game. When you look at the four for six, 14 minutes. It wasn't like you had to play twenty five or, or twenty-six minutes. Sure. It was fourteen minutes, eight points, efficient couple of rebounds. He's on the court when good things are happening for this Warriors team. I mean, that's almost a, a forgotten man kind of a night for Sean Livingston. Oh, you forget that I can still get the job done. Well, I can get the job done against you guys. Of course. And right now, just like I said with Quinn Cook, J.D., okay, maybe you
0: didn't have the best regular season. It's not going to matter uh, as long as you can help this team in the postseason. And, you know, Livingston, he's been through this climb before. He knows what time it is. Like, He's he's cognizant of maybe keeping a little something extra in the tank so he can have it when they really need him, and that's gonna be in, you know, the, the days and the weeks to come.
1: Eight at 7 Warriors win over the Grizzlies tonight in Memphis. It's 118-103. That's your final Golden State fifty-one and twenty-three as they keep pace with the Denver Nuggets. They maintain their half-game lead. Over the Nugs in the Western Conference as the Warriors improved to 25 and 12 away from Oracle Arena. Warriors 25, actually 26 and 11 on the Oracle Hardwood. So Golden State one game worse away from Oracle. But if you're one game worse away from Oracle, that means you're pretty damn good on the road. And the Warriors continue to, although I would not put tonight. On the on the poster for road dominance, it was more of a pick your spots and lock in when you had to night for the Warriors. The Warriors have just they continue to control more games for a longer period of time away from Oracle than they do at home for whatever reason.
0: Championship teams win on the road, JD. That's that's we know the Warriors when the rubber meets the road they can win at Oracle. They're not as dominant this year as they have been in the past, and you know we've talked about the reasons. Maybe it's complacency slash boredom the the need to uh entertain the home fans as opposed to just putting in that kind of blue collar effort uh I always feel like this team takes a sick satisfaction and sending the uh, you know opposition fans home unhappy or to uh to reward the Warriors fans that come out and travel with them on the road just when they get out on the road there's just there's a real business-like mentality about them and you know, w- when they travel, it's like you know, the, like we talk about JD, I mean, you've traveled with them. They're like the freaking Beatles, man! Like no everybody wants to come see the show, and so they're they're gonna they're gonna give you that. And when they get out and travel, they're away from home, they're away from whatever distractions come from being around the house, and uh, it's just a real business like approach. And that's what separates them from being a championship team. I mean, I look over in the Eastern Conference. How can I believe in the Boston Celtics when they're a sub-500 team on the road? Uh, you know, the, the Sixers, 18-18 and 18 on the road. That's
1: a great point.
0: I mean, how can I believe in one of those teams? What, you're telling me they're going to come into Oracle and, and win a couple of games? I know for a fact, against any team in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series are going to win at least one game in their house, probably two.
1: They've done it in 19 consecutive playoff series That's it. and to your point let's say okay philadelphia comes into oracle at 18 and 18 or boston comes in at 18 and 19 and wins a game in oakland right well guess what the warriors won on january the 26th in boston and the warriors won on march the 2nd in philadelphia so golden state has shown that they can return the favor even if teams come in and beat them and oh by the way philly and boston did just that but it Didn't matter. Right. And, you know,
0: clearly when it's time to to go get money, J.D., and it's time to to go close teams out, I think we'll see a a higher level of concentration at Oracle. And I think especially for this playoff run, it's going to be even more special knowing that these are going to be the final games played at Oracle. Uh, But, yeah, man, they they have just a more business-like approach out on the road, and that's definitely translated in the postseason as well. Think
1: about Houston in Game 7 last year. You know, thanks for coming out, Rockets. No, no doubt about it. All right, Warriors wrap-up brought to you by com, the home of home search. We're going to hear from Stephen Curry. We're going to hear from Draymond Green. We can hear from you at 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. When we hear from you, uh, it's brought to you by Nation's Giant Hamburgers, the best since 1952. It's John Dickinson. It's Ryan Covey. It's Warriors wrap-up here on a Wednesday night on 95.7 The Game.
0: Now back to Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game.
1: It's J.D. and Covey with you until 9 o'clock here on ninety five seven The Game. The Warriors win tonight at Memphis. little quick two-game mini road trip. Warriors in Memphis tonight. They're in Minnesota on Friday night. Back in Minnesota, Covey, because, you know, the Warriors haven't been in Minnesota enough recently. <laughs> right. What it was a week ago yesterday, eight nights ago, the dubs were... In Minnesota, and oh by the way, in case you haven't got enough of your Memphis fix, two weeks from tonight, the Warriors will end the season at the Grindhouse. Tight. We know we decided it's not the Grindhouse anymore. No, right? not anymore. Yeah, it's no. the Chill Box. It can't be. Yeah, it's the. That's a great. I love it. I'm in. All right, I'm all chill in. Chill Box, it. baby. It can't Hashtag be. Chill box. It's the Chill Box when you got Delon Wright and Chandler Parsons and Bruno Caboclo and Justin Tyler Holliday. Dorsey and. Justin it, Just kicking it, baby. J.B. Bickerstaff, by the way, as well, right? Yep. Where's Lionel Hollins and Dave Yeager? (laughs) No doubt, man. When you need him. For real. When you need him in the grindhouse with and Where's Fizz, man? Where's Fizz? And Mark Gasol. And and Tony. Where's Tony Allen when you need him? No doubt.
0: (laughs) Those teams will grind you out. I mean, where was the team that was up 2-1 against the Dubs in the
1: playoffs in 2014-2015? There is no grind in Julian Washburn, that's the kind house, maybe. I mean, no, no grind in Julian Washburn. No. In his seven minutes of zero for four
0: hoop tonight. No,
1: no, that's not that
0: grind it out mantra that you're looking for. It, what the what the hell's up with the NBA schedule? I mean, seriously, some of this travel. Well, you've uh, heard my
1: you've heard my take on it, right? Lay I it mean, on me, lay it on me. Well, no, it's it's very simple, and you're going to be like, as soon as I say, you're going to be like, oh yeah, JD, you've hit me with that at least two or three times in the last three weeks. But no, it, to me, it's the all the games that are left over; they just cram them in at the end. True, yeah. Oh, like, it, oh, yeah. oh, we got We got to get this ABC game and this ESPN oh, game. Yeah, TNT yeah. wants this game. Right. And, oh, this game's got to be on a Tuesday. We got to have four games on a Thursday. And so you get through all of it, through about 70, 65 games.
0: This is the placenta? And it's of- like,
1: oh, we got... Three weeks left in the year. Well, what games are left? Oh, crap. The Warriors haven't gone to Minnesota yet. They haven't gone to Memphis yet because those games weren't interesting enough to put on national television. Well, throw them in at the end. Throw them in the last two weeks. Throw them in at the final line of the year. Yeah, give me a couple of Minnesotas. Yeah, New Orleans. Warriors only go to New Orleans once. And it's the second to the last night of the year. So, Talk about a throwaway game.
0: If the NBA's regular season is like the birth of a child, the last like eight games is the placenta portion of it.
1: It's whatever you got left.
0: That's it. Here's leftovers. all I know. Here's Thanks. all I
1: know about the NBA schedule, right? The Warriors only go to New Orleans once, and it's the second to last night of the season. Yeah, because right? that
0: makes all the sense in the world the why sac- you, a Bay Area team
1: would go to the Bayou. The Sacramento Kings only go to Portland once. It's the last night of the season. Wow. Now see that at least see, like, regionally got, makes a little more it's sense. It's a very short trip. Yeah, that makes more sense. But it kinda plays to that leftover theory. Yeah. Of oh, shoot, they gotta go there? Right. Okay, we'll put it at the end. Yeah, we forgot to do that. We'll, we'll, we'll put all these at the end and then we'll see how we'll back time it. Into how much time you got left, and that's why to me you get the five and seven that the Warriors just played. and You get well, a couple it, of games this week, and a couple more back to backs next week, and we got to fit this Laker game in. And oh crap, Cleveland hasn't come to Oracle that, yet. See, that was the April one I was 5th. looking at.
0: Yeah, you're yeah, thinking, throw like, that in
1: April fifth.
0: If, if you're Cleveland, you know it, you got a couple of games left in your regular season. That's game number seventy nine for you, and you're playing on the West Coast. Like that just doesn't make any sense. But uh, I guess it all technically evens out in the end. But, yeah, it's it's just peculiar scheduling. But they, they do only play two teams with winning records down the stretch. And, uh, you know, we were kind of kicking this around the other night, J.D., about, well, is that necessarily even a good thing for the Warriors because we know that they have the tendency to kind of play to the level of their opposition? But, I mean, tonight's game, just it, this is just a, a textbook Warriors regular season win. Do enough when it matters most to get the job done. I, I think... It's when you think of a game like tonight, you know this isn't going to be particularly memorable. I think the thing that'll stand out was the efficiency of Kevin Durant and the fact that he almost had a perfect night shooting the basketball. Do you think there's some like low key trolling with Kevin Durant going on here? Because I almost feel like his comments after the Denver game, when he, or excuse me, the Detroit game, when he was asked why he only took six shots. He alluded to he felt like he took too many bad shots against Dallas. And this is just me reading between the lines. This is pure speculation on my behalf. But I almost feel like somebody said something to him, uh, whether it was a teammate or a coach. Somebody said something to him that that didn't sit right with him about, you know, shooting too much or maybe taking some bad shots. And so he was like, this was Kevin Durant going, oh, okay, well, you don't want me to shoot? Cool, I won't shoot at all. Uh, or the other side of it is maybe he's just, you know, working on some other parts of his game right now. And he's he's the kind of guy that can take, a, take an NBA, game and you know basically like play like a practice round with it and try out new things. I mean that's how next level he is. Which which do you think is more likely?
1: Yeah, I wasn't so sure that anybody said anything to him before this game tonight against Memphis or before the Detroit game even. I actually thought the conversation may have been had during the time that he was off. He played in the game against Phoenix going back to The 10th of March, when he was 9 of 17, the Warriors had that awful home loss to Phoenix where he scored 25 points. I I go back to the game against San Antonio where he misses a couple of games the game in Houston and then the game in Oklahoma City. He missed those those two games where they won on a national television scale in front of a national audience against two teams that I think at that point were probably considered the the toughest two competitors to the Warriors and challengers to the Warriors in the Western Conference. They win those games without him. And what was the conversation coming out of those games, Covey? It was, Warriors are moving the ball. Boy, the flow is back. And I wonder if either Steve Kerr had a conversation with him before he returned, similar to the conversation he had with him in the conference finals, where he said, hey, Michael Jordan had to give the rock up early in the game, but he knew he was going to get it back, and he would bail us out back in the day when I was playing for the Bulls, speaking, of course, of Steve Kerr, was that kind of conversation had, or did Kevin Durant just watch the game against the Rockets, watch the game against the Thunder, and hear the noise. Yeah. Hear the conversation. He doesn't miss much, man. He doesn't he miss much. doesn't miss much. Hear that conversation about the fact that the ball was flowing and the team was in, in more of a ball movement type of a concept without him. And he thought, I'm coming back. I'm going to take a step back and reinsert myself into things and ease into things and keep the ball moving a little bit. That's more what I wonder going back even to the San Antonio game and then having it carry forward to these a last, point. what, one, two, three, four, five, I guess six games now since he's been back.
0: No, that's a great point. And, you know, I, it, that didn't even occur to me until you started mentioning it. and then it just kind of it just clicked like the light came on. Absolutely, because that was the conversation. The assist totals have been getting up. Uh, you know, I, I think I even went back and looked. They hadn't been hitting the 30 assist mark uh, hardly at all. And then you look back, you know, obviously you take out the Dallas clunker Saturday night, but, you know, they had 30 tonight, 31 against Detroit, 32 against Indy, 39 At Minnesota. Well,
1: and I'll even give you his nine against Minnesota, six against Indiana, four against Dallas. But that was the night where Curry was out. Right. So he was shooting the rock 25 times. Eleven against Detroit. Tonight he has five, but 12 of 13. It just makes me think he took a step back for the betterment of the the greater good of this warriors team. And it doesn't mean that when you need a
0: bucket, you still can't turn to Kevin Durant in a half court situation and put him on one side of the floor, clear him some space and let him go to work. That's that's because Kevin Durant is matchup proof and that's why he's the ultimate luxury, but you don't need that every possession down the floor. With some teams, you do, and especially when you played with OKC, they absolutely needed that a uh, whole hell of a lot more often. But with this team, they're better when they're moving the ball, they're they're moving off the ball. Guys are setting screens for each other, and they're making that extra pass to the open look, and it's not even about uh, who gets the final shot off. It's just about who gets the best look. And, uh, you know, if, if they continue to go that route, this, to me, J.D., this is the, the last, like, I call it the last two weeks. I mean, I know, throw the Dallas game out because they were arresting guys. Now that was just, you know, one of those nights uh, where they just clearly didn't show up. And it didn't ma- mean a whole hell of a lot to them, you could tell. But just the, the overall theme and the way that they've been playing lately. And I guess I would probably hearken it back to that little two-step you mentioned with Houston and OKC when they kind of sent the message. And, and it was, you know, obviously after the horrible loss to the Suns where it was like, my God, you know, it's time to wake up. It's time to start playing our style of basketball. But I think we've seen some pretty clear indicators the last couple of weeks that all the boxes we were looking for them to check are now being checked. And it's at the right time of year when you only got a handful of games left. And, oh, yeah, what a luxury. How about this, J.D.? We haven't even talked about DeMarcus Cousins yet. And how many times since he's come in has that been the lead conversation on the tip of our tongue because we're worried about – how DeMarcus is getting along. How is he being woven into the fabric yeah. of this team? Does he is, look good? Yeah. Does he, look How's he playing? How's his defense? Is he affecting other guys' game because they're forcing it to him? I mean, all of these conversations... I mean, for the most part, DeMarcus has put those at ease because he's he's fitting in fine, as we figured he might, once he got comfortable, and more importantly, once he got up to speed.
1: 888 That's the phone number to participate in the program. We still have time to sneak in a few phone calls. It's J.D. and Covey here, Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Uh, let's get to our play of the game.
0: It's time for the play of the game. He got it! Tune in tomorrow morning to Steinmetz and Guru at 10.30 for your
1: chance to win $100.
0: Now, here's the play of the game.
1: Draymond inbounds. Long lead out to Durant. Durant had a tip, grabs it, lays it up. It's good with one to go! What a pass by Draymond, and Durant laid it in, caught it in one motion, and put it up softly off the window. What a play! That's one of Kevin Durant's 12 field goals on the night. Know that play of the game tomorrow, 10.30 here on 95.7 The Game with Steiny and Guru. They'll call for it. You know it. You win 100 bucks. It's as simple as that right here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors get the job done in Memphis. They win it 118-103. We're going to hear from Stephen Curry. We're going to hear from Draymond Green. We're going to hear more from Ryan Covey as well. It's J.D. and Covey on Warriors Wrap-Up right here, rolling along here on a Wednesday night on 95.7 The Game.
0: Warriors wrap up continues on 95 7, the game.
1: Warriors win tonight 118 103 over the Grizzlies. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey with you for about another 15 minutes or so. And then, Covey, you're sticking around. You've got uh, the Butcher Boys coming in, Joe Shasky. You guys are going to open up the butcher shop and then uh, head back to the hotel about 80 West, 11. Bro. 55?
0: Yeah, two tall cans and a packet of Blackjacks. <laughs> Come on, what you know about this, Nash? Why, yeah, Don't N- know nothing about this jam. Nash.
1: Nash was like three years removed from being... (laughs) He wasn't even born yet when this jam came out. Nash was three years removed from his parents meeting in a bar. (laughs) They probably consummated him
0: to this song. With all due respect to your parents, of course. Yeah, maybe like three years, four years later. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the hotel. This was the jamboree. This beat, eternal. Stands the test of time, no doubt. Beat town. Anytime I get on 80 West, it's just like, (laughs) which way you headed? 80 West.
1: Back to the hotel. Back to the hotel, no doubt. And the Warriors uh, headed on to Minnesota for the second time in about 11, 12 days after their win in Memphis. They get it done tonight, 118-103. The final dubs now 51-23. and 23, uh, 8 at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. if you want to sneak in a phone call. Uh, otherwise, uh, Butcher Boy and, and Covey are going to take your calls as well, talking about a myriad of topics, including, I'm sure, the beginning of the Major League Baseball season in earnest, which is tomorrow. I mean, I throw those games in Japan out from a week and a half what a calamity, and you know everybody else is playing, and the A's and Mariners are playing too, not each other, but yeah. they're, everybody's playing tomorrow. It's, so time, it's the real baby. opening day tomorrow. It's a players' holiday
0: tomorrow, and nothing like just nothing says an awesome sports day like opening day, Major League Baseball. And hey, I know we're not too optimistic about the Giants' fortunes this season, but hey, they're zero and zero right now, so
1: let's go. Yeah, no, they definitely are. No, you guys will be squawking about that coming up uh, here at nine o'clock. Uh, let's go ahead and hear from Stephen Curry tonight, following the ball game. Warriors win in Memphis. Curry twenty-eight points, ten boards, seven assists. He was tremendous, and he made the most of his seven field goal makes, six of 12 from three. Here's Steph after the win at Memphis.
3: It's unbelievable. He made all the right decisions. I know we had a couple turnovers as a a team, but just reading the situation, um, letting the game come to him, we obviously know he can put the ball in the basket from anywhere on the court. Um, But just picking and choosing spots, you know, we... Knocking down shots is is what he does. So Um, all the way engaged for 48 minutes or for 30, whatever minutes he was on the floor. Do you think of the cool head that he
2: always seems to play with? Maybe he makes the right decision no matter what's going on, the way that he sees the floor.
3: I mean, when you're a scorer like that, an all-time great scorer, um, first and foremost, it opens up a lot of things because there's a lot of attention on you on the floor. And with the weapons that we have on this team, him being able to just never be in a rush, um, you know, find the open guy and trust, you know, that we're going to get a good shot. And on the back end, we can try to create for him as well. Uh, you know, that chemistry, when we're all the way dialed in, it's it's hard to stop. So, you know. Over the last couple of weeks, he's been his game has changed from night to night just on what he what he sees and how he feels, and it's, it's been impactful.
1: And Kevin Durant, the game-high tying 28 points, 12 of 13 shooting. Curry, of course, talking about KD, the most efficient shooting game of Durant's career. Previously, an eight of nine. For Kevin Durant on February the 12th of 2018 against Phoenix. Tonight, sir, he surpasses that with the 12 of 13. Yeah, and, and
0: we'll always remember this night. Uh, where were you when KD passed Glenn Rice for 25th all-time? And uh, three-pointers made. So, there you go. What a special moment.
1: Yeah, and Durant just, I mean, picking and choosing and doing whatever the hell he wants. 28 points, plus 30. He's getting it from two. He gets to the free-throw line when he wants to. I mean, there's nobody maybe as automatic as him as far as that 17- to 20-foot jumper. Maybe Michael Jordan. I right. mean, it's him and MJ, right, as far as that particular shot and being as efficient as anybody in the history of the game.
0: 100%. And, see, when he's going, it's it, It's something that we still, at least I do, I mean, I still marvel at it, just how a guy can be that tall and that long, but yet that freakishly athletic that frame he shouldn't be able to move like that i mean I, i'm going to go back to it's art i mean it really is it's beautiful to watch and if you love the game uh every every little movement the way he positions his body uh you know the way he manipulates himself around defenders his agility i mean everything about it uh and, and his touch it's just so soft for a guy that big he shouldn't be able to knock those shots down i mean you know he hit those two shots in the fourth quarter the contested three and then that mid-range a couple of moments later and both times it was good defense like the <laughs> What are you gonna do? Because you know, if you press him too much, he can either initiate contact and get to the free throw line, where he's a hell of a free throw shooter. He can dribble around you. He's that good, and he's also not opposed to to giving up the rock if you want to come down and double him. So he's he's everything.
1: Yeah, the re- reality is there isn't anything you can do. Right. You just hope he misses. There's nothing you can do. You gotta <laughs> hope he misses. They hey. say they say hope's not a
0: strategy, JD. You gotta hope when it comes to KD. That yeah. is the
1: strategy. No, absolutely. Uh, let, let's go ahead and hear from Draymond Green here before we get out of here. Tonight Warriors win at Memphis one eighteen to one oh three. Draymond Green, the typically great floor game for Draymond. He ends up with six, seven, and six. If there's not more a more Draymond Green line than six, seven and six, I don't know what else is. And here's Draymond after the game.
4: That was uh, I mean it was amazing. Um, you know kind of just picking was picking and choosing the spots early on, uh facilitating and then when we needed it the most, he just took the game over offensively and got buckets for us. So uh, uh, it was a great night for him, and we needed it. That was a, you know, that was a tough
3: game.
2: Take us through that cross court pass you had for him to close the uh,
4: head. Uh, I just threw it. I threw it up. Uh, Two seconds ago. I already had a bunch of turnovers anyway, so one more wouldn't hurt anything. So I just threw it up. Do you like the way he's kinda of selectively picking and
3: shooting? KD is selectively picking and choosing when he's
4: shooting right now. I mean, I think there's a time and a place for it. Um, you know, I think tonight, you know, he picking and chose his spots well. He got everybody else involved and then he took over the game. So I think that was great for us. What
2: do you think was key defensively down the stretch? I think they had like one field goal in the final final.
4: I think we just you know, we were flying around. Uh, you know, we were trapping the box early on. We weren't really sagging to the post. We were just, everybody was just kind of staying home. But, you know, uh, i say the start, the end of that second quarter, um, some parts of the third and definitely fourth quarter, we were just locked in uh, on, on the defensive side. Stuff, a little bit in that fourth, they got loose early on and, and we locked in and was able to get stops.
1: All right, Draymond Green there. Yeah, Draymond did have four turnovers tonight, but he was a plus 13 and on the floor when the Dubs are doing a lot uh, of good things in this 118-103 victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. Kove, uh, that's going to do it for us, but you're sticking around. Yeah, me and Butcher Boy, we're going to
0: open up the Butcher Shop. Hot takes on deck, baby. Stay tuned. Yeah, flaming
1: hot takes on deck. Sizzlers. On deck, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. 888 and Shasky are going to take your phone calls that's going to do it. They're coming up next. Uh, I'll be back on Friday with Covey. Let's do it. Uh, right here on 95.7 The Game after the Warriors take on the Timberwolves for the second time in about 11 days. All right. That's going to do it. Thanks to Alex Scott. I uh, want to thank Nash Solomon as well for Alon and Lucas, who's producing the next show. Uh, Warriors get it done tonight in Memphis 118-103. You heard it right here. 95.7 The Game. Good night.